So it sounds like a good thing to say that we need to have a quote-unquote relationship with the truth, but what can that really mean? So let's break down the terms here that are being used and see as to what meaning we can mean by those terms. So relationship, what does that mean? So we can start with a relationship with, uh, let's say, uh, with an object. How do we have a relationship, let's say, with food? Uh, we have to be aware of such a thing as food, and then uh, we uh, consume it, and our attitude changes and adjusts and evolves. For example, I have a positive attitude towards food. Uh, I eat healthy, I eat moderate, and that's a good thing. Right? I have a negative relationship. I eat when I'm stressed. I eat when I'm worried about something. Right away, I turn to food because that is a satisfaction of my desire. So I have my desires frustrated in another area. Maybe things didn't go my way at work or driving home. But now food, uh, it, since I have built-in desires that uh, that are physical, that concern my body, I meet those desires and I, I feel more like myself. So maybe that's a less than healthy relationship uh, with food. Now let's step up and let's say we have a relationship with uh, a dog, uh, with an animal. How do we have a relationship with an animal? We feed it. We uh, hope that it acknowledges us and that, that it's aware of us at least on some level. If not, that might be stretching the, the use of the term relationship. For example, maybe we have pet, um, you know, an ant farm and, and that the ants may not be aware necessarily of our uh, personal identity. So to say we have a relationship with the ants is a, <laughs> is a little bit stretching it. Uh, but uh, if, if an animal uh, can be aware of our existence, such as a dog, then we, for, we, we exist to the animal. The animal exists to us and by feeding the animal, by having a, a routine, by developing trust where the dog knows that we're going to feed it, we're not going to beat it, we're going to be nice. The dog can come to us. We can scratch it around the ears, things like this. We build a relationship uh, with the animal. And consequently, we come home. The dog is wagging its tail uh, and, and happy, right, and, and licking us and, and all of that. A stranger comes. The dog is ready to kill them, potentially, depending on what kind of dog. And we see even really small dogs. They think they're much bigger. They start barking like crazy when a stranger comes in. So that's a relationship with an animal. What about with a person? Uh, there there we're uh, kind of... Uh, uh, where we want to be at. So we would say that, first of all, we have to be aware of the existence of a given person from each and every p uh, possible point of view. First of all, that there's the concept of humanity that, that does have that concept, meaning a baby doesn't have it, but most of us have, or adults have, this concept that there's humanity, right? There's other people than me, but we see that this concept is initially undifferentiated, meaning uh, it, it's not that Bob, Bill, Jane, Alice, there's billions and billions of such a, a individual persons. It's just a general notion that there's humanity. The human species, excuse me, the homo sapien species now out of that concept, uh, individual ideas can be cleaved off, uh, uh, such as, Let's say we're walking uh, or walking on, uh, onto a bus. All that we see is humanity. We see specific uh, uh, physical instances of the same general concept. Maybe we see somebody that instantly brings to mind a different concept. We see um, a, a person that is dressed nice. So we think not of humanity, but of a, a person that dresses nicely. We see a person with uh, um, uh, uh, glasses. We right away think this is a person with glasses instead of a person, uh, instead of an example of humanity. But unless somebody sticks out like that, or maybe some, there's a celebrity, why, why is he or she riding on the bus? But who knows? A celebrity, right away we think of the specific celebrity, but otherwise, excuse me, chances are we just see uh, the, the general uh, 
body of humanity here on the bus. But now we sit down next to a particular person. Let's say we strike up conversation right away after that first word. Or maybe after the first few words. Because maybe one word, like excuse me or something. That's no. But first few words, back and forth. Now this is a particular concept in our mind. And if we pay attention, we, we may note that the person brings out a side of us that no other person ever has or will bring out no matter who the person is because the individual and if we're in touch with that we're not just speaking to ourselves, which is the usual case as it would appear we're just talking and and who cares who's there uh and then uh, th this person will bring out a particular side of us and now it is bob or bill or jane or alice it's not just the humanity in general, right? And, that, and and further, if we continue on that conversation, we have, let's say, a deep conversation on a, on a 20, 30-minute bus ride with the, the previous person that was previously a stranger. Now, that might be a very distinct concept, depending on what the, 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 the nature of the, the conversation. If, if uh, we discuss simply the weather for 30 minutes, it might not still not be that distinct. But if the person told us a unique story, a, a unique uh, idea, a unique interpretation of life, Perhaps then it will be a very distinct concept. And again, if we pay attention, we can form a, a really specific notion of the person. And, and the person will put a stamp uh, on, on us uh, that, that we hopefully shall remember for, forever. If we pay attention and we were kind of uh, not, um, you know, we don't objectify people, then each person should put their own stamp on us. And we're going to remember that stamp and that unique impression that the person made on us so now we've again we have another distinct idea here um as opposed to just the general concept of humanity right so now if we if we get off the bus that's it but a different situation such as we have a, a distinct notion of a, a mom a dad potentially a friend a family member a child a cousin an uncle a niece a nephew an aunt uh, a, a neighbor right we have these distinct notions and consequently we can insofar as we can have any kind of physical or virtual access to the mind of the person, meaning physical in front of them, hey, uh, or, or yelling across uh, the street or something, virtual, phone, um, uh, email, uh, any kind of device where we can get into their world, uh, then we can continue to build up a relationship with the individual by forming a clear and clear notion of the person in mind by having our own notion form in the person's mind initially the other person sees us maybe let's say a new neighbor all right so first we take the neighbor's perspective the neighbor just sees us as a category there's my neighbor in that house i maybe didn't even see the person but i know that the the role that the the person who emerges out of that place of living or that place under the bridge or that mansion whatever it is the person who emerges there will be in the role of neighbor to me now that person emerges i just see a body i don't have a specific notion this is so and so who likes this who doesn't like that i just see a body now i've talked to that person now I have already some kind of notion. Is this a nice person or not a nice person? Was the person respectful? Not respectful. These basic impressions. Now, we continue to talk to our neighbor. Our neighbor is going to have a, a clear and clear idea of, of who it is that we are. And obviously, on the converse, we're, we're going to have a clear and clear idea of who our neighbor is. So that's the, the foundation of relationship, getting to know a person. And then we can continue to clarify and evolve the, the idea of that person in our mind. And again, hopefully have that occur in the other person's mind and hopefully if it's a constructive positive relationship then we are contributing to the growth of 
the individual uh, uh, through our interactions with them. Meaning we're not simply saying this is my emotional support dog, uh, this other person, my friend, my family member. This is a person who also has uh, their own existence and uh, 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 that, that uh, kind of uh, has its own value in and of its own self. And I wish to have the merit to contribute to the elevation of that existence. So through my interactions, that's what I'm aiming for. Uh, to have constructive conversations and not just gossip, to share ideas and not just talk about the, the what the celebrity did and so forth and so on. And that's a healthy relationship. And obviously there's many variations here and that certainly do vary with parent, child, child, parent, spouse, their specific goals for specific relationships. But that, that seems to be the general idea. So now we said, what does it mean to have a relationship with truth? So Applying the same notion, <laughs> it would stand a reason that to have a relationship with truth, first of all, we, we want to paint a picture maybe a little bit of what it means to not have a relationship with truth. And there we would uh, we can take a, a, a person that does not, uh, has absolutely no aspiration to become anything than what he or she is at the, this time. Uh, even obviously the mouth can say many different things. You know, I'm a self-helper. I'm grown. We're talking about the real, the real deal. And uh, a person like this is obviously completely sunk in their own world, in our own self-serving tales and delusions. And, and in this case, we have absolutely, again, no ambition, no aspiration to strive for any kind of truth. We do not know and we do not care about anything other than what we need to feel good about ourselves, to meet our perceived desires and further our perceived interests. So, for example, maybe I am... Um, uh, we don't really want to give specific examples. I am what, whoever I am. And the one thing that I care about, I know that I need to, for things to go this way in order for me to feel good and in order for my uh, kind of desires to be met. I have a particular um, physical desire. I want to meet it no matter what. I have particular emotional desires. I want to meet them no matter what. I have a particular um, story that I've told about myself and that I need to to kind of uphold in order for my personality not to crumple. So now I'm looking for people to confirm that and things to confirm that. I'm clicking around on the internet and so forth and so on to confirm my story and everything else uh, I, I reject. You know, maybe uh, my parents, they didn't love me enough and now I'm on a mission to prove them wrong. I'm a hero. I'm uh, the, the best person there is. And I'm this and that. And now I'm looking for for you to tell me that and for all that kind of stuff, right? So I live in this delusion, in this absolute kind of a mix of, of who knows what. So we would call that not having a relationship with truth. We do have to define that term truth, but it suffice to say, right? We don't know or care about anything other than our present uh, little uh, reality, right? So what would it then mean to, to have a relationship with truth? First of all, what, what, what is truth? We would say truth is a term that we can use to describe anything we want, but here we might describe it as the apprehension of a clear experience on an intellectual level, meaning we obviously can use that term to designate uh, the feeling of hot or cold. That's a We can say that's a, the sort of truth. There's no problem at all with that. There's the truth of how a cookie tastes versus a piece of celery. There's the truth of how traffic sounds as opposed to uh, music. All these truths, no question about it. But we can also use the term to refer to an intellectual apprehension uh, of something or other. Not just a feeling, not just an intuition, not just a sense sensation, but an inner 
kind of view uh, with our eye of the intellect to so say of a given reality. So a simple example, something like, let's say one plus one is two. We would call that a truth. Now, on a certain level, it's simply a, a, a verbal uh, statement we make, right? Not, not, not that the, the average person does know what one plus one is, but cannot say or can give the right answer that, that he or she was taught, but cannot say what that means. What does it mean? Why is one plus one two? So here, in order to apprehend this truth, we would really think, okay, those are the terms. Uh, one can represent uh, a, a, a note, notation of variation, meaning something that's distinct from something else. And another one can represent the same thing. Now, the plus sign represents a combination, physical or conceptual. So if I view one variation together with another variation, I have two, which means a variation, a variation. It's a shorthand for that. It's a sort of tautology. It's a sort of restatement. But at the same time, it can be useful. And what are the limitations? And what are this, that, right? So we explore this with our eye of intellect to so say, meaning not just words. We're really trying to conceive. What are we talking about? What does the one stand for? What does the plus stand for? What does the equal sign stand for? We explore this and we can call that truth. It's not per se something that we see, even though we, we pick, do need some kind of signs to, to represent what we mean here, such as the one, or we can visualize it or we can scratch it in the sand, but it's not that in and of, in and of its own self. It's not per se what, um, it's not really an emotion, is it? It's not really a, an intuition. It's a sort of intellectual vision, if that's what we want to call it. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, referencing many different experiences across time and space as needed in order to form a, a coherent picture of some sort of reality. So we can use the word truth to designate what we mean here. And we would say to have a relationship then with truth is first of all too, just like with a person, to be aware of truth, to know of, of a given truth. And from there, to have a relationship with it would mean that insofar as the truth doesn't change or the the by the term truth, we mean something that does not change, such as one and one being two, changing ourself in order to conform to the truth. So, for example, let's say that we clarify the truth as it concerns we're a little kid. We clarify the truth as it concerns the multiplication table. We find a good resource, our teacher, our parent on the Internet, not the other little kid that says 10 times 10 is 99. We find a good, trustworthy resource. Now we have the truth in front of us. Maybe we, we printed it out. We have our worksheet, this and that. Now we have to change ourselves to accommodate the truth. We know of it. Now we've entered into a relationship with it where we're kind of uh, trying to trying to apprehend it and trying to understand it. And now we have to change ourselves. Why? Because naturally I may instinctually say five times five is 24, but I have to change myself. Excuse me, change my mind in order to say 5 times 5 is 25, I may want to say 4 times 4 is 15. I have to say 16. I'm changing myself to accommodate the truth. And this may take some time, right? Depending on how good the, the kid is with, with math. It could take a day, take a week, it could take a month. But once the, the kid has entered into a relationship with this truth of the multiplication table, uh, it, it's already the, the ball is rolling. And hopefully it's only a matter of time before that relationship has been perfected. And it's a relatively simple matter here that hopefully we can uh, resolve uh, by a, a rather early age. But applying the same reasoning to two more complicated things, we would say that it's the same thing Two more, as it concerns more complicated things. So, for example, let's say I want to apprehend the truth of how it is that I should, speaking of what we were talking about before, what kind, what, what does a healthy relationship look like? How do I do that? Right? How do I do that? I can, for, of course, the, the default 
easy thing is to simply find words that by association are connected with some or another emotional need or impulse. For example, I had part of that self-image that I preserve and protect is that I'm a very, uh, you know, empathetic person. I'm a very kind person. I'm a very helpful person. Now, to have a good relationship means I want it, it has to be full of kindness and empathy. And I want to find somebody that's going to confirm that that's what I'm really like. And right, all these kinds of things. We're we're sticking to the superficial surface. We're still stuck in our delusion. We haven't entered into a relationship with truth. But if we really can turn on the lights a little bit and we and we can think, then. We can really try to clarify some kind of picture, which is not to say what it is or isn't at this time. That's not the main point, although we reviewed some points, but we, we that's what we would try to do. We think, okay, something like we said at the beginning, maybe, that uh, I have to be aware of the person's reality. I have to truly care about them from the inside out, meaning not just about the, their representation to me, uh, meaning their, their, the, 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 the physical. I have to really have concern for them as a in itself kind of existence. I have to try to uh, allow the person to stamp their existence onto me, meaning to really feel the, the, the existence of the person and what, what it's really like and not just my own preconceptions and my own associations. Right, I have to hopefully be positively contributing to the, the, the evolution of the person. Um, I have to um, be consistent. I have to uh, be emotionally uh, resilient and emotionally um, balanced. And, and all these kinds of things. And we keep going. We're clarifying the realities behind the words, not just words, not just accumulating sentences that make us feel good. Now we formed an image of uh, 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 of what a good relationship looks like. Now we could, of course, have erred, and that's why we have to watch out for our corruption, for our self-serving uh, nonsense. But we would say that if we can discipline ourselves to strictly stick to what we can see with our intellectual eye, to so say. We, we might have a, a, an insurance policy of sorts because we, there's still other factors. Obviously, there's many different complicated things here. But generally, as we said, the, the idea is that we simply stick to the words. So consequently, it's more than easy to err. And, and what the words mean to us are some kind of associations. Again, kindness. And that means that somebody's going to accept me and be nice to me. Empathy, it means uh, somebody is going to say that, um, uh, or, or I, I feel for you, right? We have these associations. So there, we can very easily make plenty of mistakes. But if we focus behind it and we try to actually see something with our intellect, that is what it is. Now, it could be from a different category, right? It could be a category error. We could be uh, thinking of one thing where we should be thinking of another thing. But if we discipline ourselves to be very honest and very disciplined and to stick to what we have seen with our eye of intellect, hopefully we can form, we can clarify a, a picture that really does exist. And insofar as we've done that, we, we have done that because again, the language is one thing and the reality that the language stands for is another thing, even if it's enabled by language and impossible without it. So anyhow, we've clarified a, a picture and now uh, we enter into a relationship with this truth. And now, just with like with the multiplication table, the goal is to change ourself. Right now, I don't have a good relationship with my child, with my spouse, with my friends, with my neighbors. But I've clarified what a what a good relationship looks like, and now I get busy changing myself in relation to this truth. I enter into a relationship with it. So just like. With a person that we're close with, uh, uh, you know, we could text them a few times a day. How's it going? How did that? Uh, how did that? How did work go? How did this go? We'll, we'll check out this link. Check out this or that. All right. So it's the same thing. We're constantly thinking about the truth. We're in a relationship with it. We're texting it to so say. 
Okay, did I conform to my notion of a good relationship now? No, I didn't. What do I need to do differently? Did I uh, uh, do a good thing here or not? Maybe I didn't pay the, the, uh, a person enough attention. I didn't pay. Uh, I was disrespectful here. I, was, I let my emotions get to me here. So basically, we are watching ourselves and trying to change ourselves in relation to this truth that we have clarified. So hopefully we get that point. So that would be the idea then. And basically, we, uh, uh, the, the idea would be to evolve in relation to the truth that we have clarified and then to try to clarify some or another aspect of life. Right? Now, the, also a key thing to say is that there's, we would say there's higher and higher truths and we don't need to right away try to attack the highest ones or one, or, or something that we've heard or we think that, that we're supposed to uh, be aware of, it's perfectly fine and really we should take small truths and, and establish a relationship with them and then build from there. And it could even be uh, something such as having a relationship with the truth of what it takes to have an, an energized, focused day. I have to wake up at a given time, have to go to sleep at a given time, I have to eat and not eat certain things. That's that's a truth that I've clarified to the best of my present knowledge. Now I enter into a relationship with that truth. Week, a week, two weeks, a month, two months. Hopefully, I'm improving. I evolve. I I internalize that truth. I make it my own, which is again the difference between words, yapping, talk, and really changing ourselves. When we change ourselves, we take the the given truth that can be indicated by words and we internalize it and we change ourselves. It, it, it goes into our bones and it changes our it can, existence continually. If we don't do that and we simply stick to the terms, we can move these terms around our whole life, many, many decades, and we will not change at all. And we see this very unfortunately, very frequently, where a person uh, maybe has read a million books, uh, maybe they're a, a professor, maybe they're a super professor, they're famous, they've been lecturing about morals and ethics for 50 years in a row, and yet the person hasn't changed as it would appear 1%. person steals, the person lies, the person cheats, all these things. How, how is that possible? And we wouldn't say that. It's that the person has simply stuck to the, the terms, the words. The person has never allowed uh, the, the realities to enter into him or herself and to never entered into a relationship with, with them and, and allowed them to change him or herself or change him or herself in relation to, to those truths and, and to those realities. And we see it's a, a, a it's, it's, a, it's a, at the very least, it's a waste of time. And at the worst, it's just a, a, a really a bad look for us. And, and we make the realities also look bad because we say out of our pride, I'm a good representative of what I talk about, right? I talk all day about that I'm the professor of, uh, you know, ethics. I'm talking all day about ethics and yet I'm, I'm not an ethical person. No personal thing. A professor of ethics is not an ethical person. Uh, you know, the subject matter is garbage. Uh, I'm not going to, ethics isn't for me. Morals aren't for me. Right and wrong isn't for me, right? So we have to pay attention to this difference of internalizing truth and sticking in the words. But that's the idea. Then we try to tackle a higher truth and enter into a relationship with it and a higher and higher truth. And hopefully we keep progressing like that. We keep changing ourselves. We keep building a relationship with things, with notions, with realities other than those that are directly involved with our creatureliness, our animality, our desires, our body, all these kinds of things. And that is our true good. It's not just for nothing. It's not just the intellectual exercise. That's how we attain our good. That's how we attain real life. We understand if we only have... A relationship with the truth of, of what it takes to, to feel good at this moment and to emotionally and physically stimulate ourselves, then that is really, at best, it's just animal life. Really, it's more like death because we, 
We're not just that we, we have the cognitive capacities to be aware of it, and unlike other animals that can be content doing, doing that. So it's no good. So we want to begin uh, that relationship with truth, starting with a small one, and hopefully go on and, and up from there. All right, let's do it. Thank you for listening.